0: Welcome back to Contractor Evolution. Benji and Igor here from our Vancouver-based studio. So when you think about the security of your business, a few obvious threats might pop into
1: your mind. A break-in at the office or shop, expensive equipment getting lifted out of a work truck, materials like lumber, copper, even shingles mysteriously disappearing from sight, stuff like this happens not infrequently, but what unknown risks to your business lurk online? How secure is your IT infrastructure against cyber attacks? Like having a commercial grade pressure washer evaporate out of the back of an F-150 admittedly sucks. I know it's happened to me many times, but What if you logged into your CRM one morning to find every file and folder had been encrypted, rendered inaccessible, leaving your entire operation completely hamstrung? What if your AP person, without knowing it, sent 25 k not to your legitimate vendor whom you owed money, but to a sophisticated hacker posing perfectly as them? Cyber attacks are on the rise, and if you think your contracting business simply wouldn't be a target, think again.
0: So our guest on the show today is Omer Segoli, the founder of Cyber Unit, and they are our own trusted advisor for cybersecurity and IT support, and they have been for years. Omer is not your typical IT guy. Uh, He is really cool, and he grew up in Israel where he learned to hack and master computer systems. Now, don't worry, he only ever pulled some innocent kind of digital pranks before joining the good side, like remotely opening and closing your CD tray, swapping out uh, some desktop images and leaving funny messages. Uh, But through all that, he realized that hacking into people's computers was actually very easy. He was doing it as a 13-year-old. Now, after immigrating to Canada, he founded CyberUnit, which specializes in cybersecurity for small businesses just like yours. Uh, He and his team keep roughly 150 companies safe and secure in an online world that is becoming increasingly dangerous. Um, This whole conversation might seem a bit kind of doom and gloom, but trust us, you would rather learn these truths today right now from him than find out the excruciatingly hard way. So today we talk about the most common and real threats to your business and how to avoid them. Plus, he breaks down the what we might call cybersecurity starter pack that even the least techie entrepreneur could implement in a matter of days. So let's dive into it with Omer. You're watching Contractor Evolution where we unpack the systems, tactics, and skills you need to take your fast-growing contracting business to the next level.
1: You're here to learn what it takes to scale up, work less, and increase profitability. You've come to the right place.
0: Stay tuned to learn what separates the new breed of contractor from the old school, and welcome to your ultimate guide on the business of contracting. Omar, it's good to see you. Welcome to the show and to the studio. Thank you for having
2: me.
1: I'm excited to have this conversation with you, Omar. We'll... um I think we'll just start with this, like this whole cyber attack, cyber security conversation seems to be sort of uh, trending right now. It seems to be increasingly common. And I don't know if that's just, you know, the media trying to scare people or if it's legit, but it does, it's sort of like on our collective consciousness more now than maybe any other time before. Can you give us sort of a grand tour for us? caveman like myself, who aren't super, super techie, who aren't deep down the rabbit hole on this stuff like you are. What is going on on the macro level right now that we should be aware of that might explain sort of the spike or the increase in some of this activity of late?
2: You're right. Yeah, it seems to be getting out of hands. It's getting to the point where really you know that cybersecurity is something that you need to be thinking about. And two, three years ago, that was not the case. Let me, let me tell you that uh, a couple of years ago, if I'd be talking to a business owner, a contractor, any kind of business owner, we would have to do a lot of education as to why you really need to be thinking about cybersecurity and the risk around it. And it, the tables have really turned, I right. will say, in the last couple of years. At the macro level, the reality is there's a lot of money a lot of money to be made uh, for cybercriminals. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, 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 it's really getting out of hands. 2015, uh, about $3 trillion was the cost of cybercrime worldwide. Uh, by 2025, 10 years later, we're looking at about $10.5 trillion. That's, that's bigger than most countries' entire GDPs.
1: In the net by 2025. Yeah. That's, that's three
0: moved. years away. Yeah. yeah. So this th- is it, moving it is a huge <laughs> in the upward direction yeah. at a very alarming rate. Yeah. 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 Causing damage. I mean, we, we think about criminals in a, in a much more traditional sense, but criminal activity in the cyber world, you're saying, is a giant industry that's growing quickly.
2: It's a lot more profitable yeah. than, than illegal drugs, even. So there, a lot of the the organized crime groups, nation state <laughs> actors as well, they're shifting their focus to yeah. cyber. because of how
0: much damage can be done inside of a company when you have a major like cyber related attack.
2: Yeah, Mm -hmm. and also how easy it is for them to execute it. And we can get more into that as well.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so you would think, you know, your typical
1: contractor, a home builder, a landscaper, painting business, you you know, I would be more concerned about someone breaking into my vehicle and stealing my stuff, stealing equipment, maybe them uh, getting onto a site before lockup and taking materials that we're going to use. There's sort of these like more traditional threats to a business's security that I think most people would be familiar with in the cyber world and the digital world. What is like the primary incentive that these actors or groups of actors have to launch, of, launch an attack um, in, in broad Strokes, like what are they trying to get their hands on? A lot of the time, so it could be
2: a com. It could be a couple of reasons. One, for uh, for some attacks, they're coming after your intellectual property. Right. Uh, that doesn't really relate to contractors. However, for, with contractors and, and and similar businesses, what we're seeing is that they typically would be coming after your crown jewel. They would be essentially trying to to put a stop to your operations and stop and essentially force you into buying your data back or buying in a your operations back. straight exchange for money.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: So okay. they they get your data, they encrypt it, they make it unavailable, they essentially shut down your CRM or your tech stack entirely and are saying, hey, if you want to get your business back up and running again, it's going to cost you 10 grand, it's going to cost you 30 grand, whatever, and it's essentially an exchange like that. They're trying to get their data, your, or they're trying to get your data so they can monetize it in some fashion a lot a lot
2: of times that is the case other times you know it's 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 maybe using you as 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 a vector or a vehicle to to spread malware elsewhere so yeah. they know that like your clients your vendors are trusting you and when they get an email from you for example they most likely will open it they might even open the attachment M- more often than not and so they might even use you as a vehicle to spread malware uh to all your contacts in your mailbox for example and yeah. that seems to be very effective yeah. so, so
0: i i run so just just to clarify here so the, the situation would be like i run a roofing company i've got in my system, between my, my produced jobs, my booked jobs, the estimates I've done, and all the leads that I haven't even, let's just say I've got like five to 6,000 contacts between all those groups, uh, you're saying they could literally infiltrate our system and then send emails that look very much as if they're on our behalf to all of our leads, houses we've estimated, jobs we've booked, we've produced, all that stuff, to try to extract some sort of information.
2: That's exactly it, and and a lot of times it would be on your behalf. It would be actually coming out of your your actual Our mailbox, yeah, Your yeah. entire your actual domain, yeah. yeah. And yeah. and most most often you won't even know about it. It's happening behind the scenes. All of a sudden you're getting weird emails. People are you yeah. know responding to those emails, or you're getting like automatic replies, and you know you're wondering what is going yeah, but on. But at that
0: point it's too late. It's already too late. Yeah.
1: You'd mentioned some really big uh, alarming numbers at the at the beginning, like three trillion in 2015, moving towards 10 trillion in 2025. Like this might sound like a basic question, but can you just like help explain for me, like how the industry has developed around this? Like, who are these people? Where do they live? Where is this stuff happening? Like, what is the, I don't know, what is the typical day in the life of a, like one of these kind of shady hacker type persons or groups look like?
2: Yeah. So a lot of times when we think about hackers, we think about you know that guy with a black hoodie. Yeah. Right? In a case. I think it's in some, somebody
1: from the Matrix or like someone in like a bunker in Serbia or something doing
2: something <laughs> weird overseas. Is that the case? or Is that is that just a stereotype? It is a stereotype. A lot. Uh, really. In the, rea- the reality is these people go. They wake up in the morning. They put their clothes on and they go to the office, much like we do. Hmm. They they go into. A building, an office building. They're not usually working from home. Uh, you know, th- these people—they ha- have actual offices. They have cubicles. They have—they have VoIP phones sitting on their desk. And yeah, it's a job. They have benefits. They have right. all of that.
0: <laughs> yeah, so they get dressed. They put on their sh- nice shirt. They get. They have a car. Yeah, yeah. They get their the car. They drive to work. Yeah, this is legit. That's it. It's,
2: it's yeah. big business. It is. It, it's I big mean, business. There's so much money in there. It's so profitable that, yeah, it really has become an extremely, extremely <laughs> effective business. business. Card.
1: <laughs> yeah. So Benji Carlson, hacker. <laughs> um, so let's do a bit of a rundown, rundown of like the most common threats. I'm sure that there's a much longer list and we could get super technical, but maybe give us like four or five of the most common attacks that you see launched that we should, we should make our
2: listeners aware of. Okay, so ransomware has become a household name. Everybody's heard of it by now. A couple of years ago, definitely wasn't the case. Uh, ransomware, for those who haven't heard of it yet, uh, what that means is somebody gets into your system, they figure out again, what is your crown jewel? What, what is really used to run your operations? They'll figure it out pretty quickly. If you haven't figured it out by now, they will figure it out for you. They'll come after it. Essentially what they'll do is they don't necessarily delete the data, but they encrypt it. So it's, all, it's essentially deleted because when you try to open a file, it will not open. It's a corrupted file. Uh, there will be another file that typically they will add into uh, your, your folders that will say, you know, read me or open me. And when you open it, it essentially gives you a countdown. Right, a timer, 24, 48 Hmm. hours. You have to pay X amounts of dollars in Bitcoin or else you lose all your data for life. Yeah, right.
0: So the, the situation would be, so let's just say like 10 years ago, I was running quite a large home service company. We had a lot of crews doing four to five jobs a day, two people in each van, and there's a ton of vans rolling around. Uh, and they all use one centralized system. Like I don't necessarily talk to any of them in the morning, but they would roll in at 7.30 a.m. They'd be in the van. And from the system, they know what their first job is, the address, all the specifics. It was a window cleaning, gutter cleaning, pressure washing, and then, they would do that job. They would invoice the customer through it. Then they'd know how to get to their next job. They, they would do all their job, like uh, like time clocking. They'd clock in, clock out. It's tied to payroll. All those systems could be shut down, essentially. Yeah. I mean, a situation. lot of times they'll
2: come after perhaps one of those systems. A lot of times your files, your data, isn't. A, it's a low-hanging fruit for them. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But we're also starting to see ransomware in the cloud. So traditionally, they would come after your file system, your server. But they realize and they recognize that today... The reality is a lot of people don't have a physical server in the back of their office Yeah, I'm using a CRM that I use in SaaS. SaaS Exactly, CRM, you're using Google Drive, you're using OneDrive and Microsoft. And so they actually have developed techniques over the last couple of years that allow them to essentially encrypt data that's in the cloud. And the problem is, is that we're way too trusting.
1: With these third parties that we're giving really, really valuable information to and essentially run our entire organization through those are also, you know, just because you log in and create an account and pay them doesn't necessarily mean that they're 100% secure either. But this rant, this just going back to this ransomware idea for a second, like the core concept is they disrupt your operation in a way that is so severe that you are motivated enough to essentially buy it back from
2: them. A lot of times you have no choice. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So well, this earlier example, if I've got 11 different crews out, let's just say, right? Who are producing $25,000 a day. Yeah. uh, And they literally cannot operate. I mean, if that system got shut down in that earlier example, I said, we'd have a major problem on that day.
1: Are these, are these like, are they, I'm just curious. Like the business, you think of like, we don't negotiate with terrorists. Like that would be one take on this do business owners cave to this a lot? Like, is it an effective route for them? Or is, I don't know if there's a percentage or you can just maybe give a, 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 a guess or just your, your overall impression is, is like how effective a tool is this and how often does it convert?
2: How often do they actually pay out before that timer runs out? Yeah, so a lot of times they 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 catch you when you're not expecting it at all. And, and you're not ready for it. You don't have backups. And, and like Igor said, you need to run your operations. You have guys on the field. Yeah. If you're, if you're down for a full day, you have to think to yourself, how much am I losing? How it much hurts money? badly yeah. enough. Yeah. It hurts
0: monetarily, but you've got a major customer delivery issue as well. Exactly. Yeah. The yeah. Yeah, so-
1: other thing you'd mentioned offline, which I thought was really interesting is, uh, so you talked about ransomware and then you, uh,
2: you'd mentioned like ransomware is as a service. Yeah, so it's actually it's gotten to the point where ransomware is so effective and it's such a powerful tool. It's really developed into its own industry. You can now there are certain websites on the dark web that you can go on and you can actually get a hold of those tools yourself and you can essentially wage a ransomware attack on anybody. So this is like a digital mercenary.
1: Like you could I, I don't think this is likely today, but I don't know. Maybe in 10 years it is. If you have two huge contractors and one of them really doesn't like the other, theoretically, I'm not saying they would, but the mechanisms are there so that they actually could hire someone to go out and do this dirty work and, you know, inhibit a competitor or, or, or some other stakeholder that they wanted to inflict damage on. That's actually, that's actually becoming increasingly common is what you're saying.
2: It, it, I wouldn't be surprised if that's happened, but I definitely don't recommend to do it at home. It's highly illegal. Uh, you could also, if you don't want to do it yourself, you can hire a hacker that will do it for the you. The guy with the business card. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, To be clear, that is not what we're saying. I'm not advocating that as a business strategy at all. I'm just, it just blows me away that that has actually become available to some people if they if they were so inclined. Uh, scary stuff.
2: Um, uh, so, what about wire transfer fra- wire transfer fraud? Yeah, so wire transfer fraud is another type of attack that we're seeing a lot of nowadays. There's a lot of money there, so you know, uh, contractors, for example, typically move around quite a
0: bit of money. A lot of money goes in and out, especially in certain contracting industries. Like you're constantly receiving from customers, and you're pushing it out to everything from material supply uh, vendors and suppliers, subcontractors, all different other types of vendors, whether it be a marketing firm or your accounting firm or whatever. But it's just a constant in and out of money, and uh, not only that, it's typically, often, it's not controlled by the business owner themselves. Right. Rather, an AP person, an AP an AR person, person, office manager, yeah. uh, bookkeeper, maybe even contracted bookkeeper. These are people that aren't like they're doing this at a at high volume. Think of like a typical contracted bookkeeper or an AP person in house. If you're maybe a bit of a bigger company, um, these people are moving a lot of money. Regularly in many transactions with a lot of emails. They're probably not hyper in tune to some details. And these emails, I'm assuming, like in in the case of wire transfer fraud, are not, like they're pretty sophisticated, right? They look like the real thing. You can tell the difference a lot of times.
2: Yeah, and a lot of times they will actually they would have compromised your mailbox so they know they can connect the dots fairly quick they can figure out when who's, who's you're getting running these AD.
0: invoices exactly yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what what's what the language looks like timing as well and they'll actually sit there in your mailbox and they will like <laughs> send your vendor for example an email on your behalf asking them to change banking details for example so just, to a client yeah. as well and you won't even know that conversation is happening until it's too late because they they know how to bury emails and how to hide things behind yeah. the scenes so just to be
1: clear uh uh omar to define this what wire transfer fraud is is it's it's someone pretending to be you or they're pretending to be your vendor, vendor. someone you do business with and all the time and saying hey uh, you owe us for last month's job can you send something to here that that's 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 what we mean by that instead of
2: actually like you know going into your bank account and and, and taking taking money out because banks are pretty secure i think exactly right yeah you would hope they're getting
1: you to actually do it you're you're taking the action and therefore it's it's kind of gone in the wind at that point that's it yeah your
0: supplier bill your utility bill like and and your bookkeeper not you but your bookkeeper just thinks that he or she is paying that yeah. essentially
1: so the on the sophisticated point it's not like this is like uh like the saudi prince or the scam or the there was this you know the nigerian scammer thing that was super popular at the end of the 90s and we all heard about like these are not um it's not just like my baby boomer dad who's falling for these things like they're very sophisticated even a even a techie person that's that's pretty intelligent and reads a lot and stays up to date on all this stuff, they could be fooled because the degree to which these wire transfer frauds um, are imitating you or your vendor is so good that it's just like e-
2: even a smart person gets duped. Anybody can fall for it. A couple of years ago, we saw an example where an actual, uh, an attack, a wire transfer fraud attack was was. Um, essentially responsible for uh, um, taking down or stealing a bunch of money from Facebook as well as Google as well. So, you know, very, very (laughs) techy people um, with extremely highly sophisticated security measures in place. Literally
0: send money to a hacker. Were duped into,
2: yeah, giving away hundreds of thousands of dollars. Um, Anything else? Any other major threats that we should be aware of? i think phishing is another one that uh we should talk about i mean everyone has heard of phishing by by now uh, a lot of times uh phishing will take the form of, of uh, coming in the form of an email it can also be sms even even a, an actual phone call as well but what it is really is uh you get an email from someone pretending to be uh your boss for example telling you to do something or you, know, you get an email from microsoft telling you hey uh there's been a uh unusual activity in your account, click here to log in. The email might look like an exact email that you typically would get from Microsoft or Google, Dropbox, you name it. And you'll click on it, it will take you to a landing page that looks just like the landing page that you typically would log into Google with. And essentially, once you put in the username and password, it's they the have it. It's compromised. Right, it. yeah.
1: So that's actually that same same sort of like um, approach as wire transfer fraud, but different outcome. Wire transfer fraud, they're imitating something so that you send the money. You there. send the money. This one, they're imitating something
2: so that you, you give send them their passwords, credentials. credentials yeah. And that and then, might lead to a wire that, transfer right, fraud. Right. Yeah. Or and many other things. Uh, right, well. because ransomware if, and many totally. other things. Usually that is really the beginning of the attack. So like 90%, 90% of the, the attacks that we're seeing in the industry will
0: start from- that one email, because once they 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 have the login credentials, then they've got an open world into all kinds of crazy shit. I mean, Uber
2: so, Uber, for example, just got completely owned and compromised, and it all started from from one phishing attack, and it just led into uh, just the entire company essentially being compromised and, yeah. and hacked. Yeah. So, now, what about sorry, sorry, go Ben? I
0: going to say really quick yeah. uh, in the Breakthrough Academy world, I've heard of this quite a number of times through members this is a this is quite a common thing especially when you've got a team of staff right they are if they're processing a lot of information like a lot of emails a lot of requests they might not be they likely are not as attentive as you might assume that they are to some of these things right and they're, they're just honestly doing their job to the best of their ability and you might be, You're driving to a meeting, you have a meeting, you know, you're set, you're with your accountant, whatever. And on that Tuesday morning, your bookkeeper happens to have just replied to this email or logged in or thought he logged into some sort of credential. And that is the beginning of, you know, what is going to come down the line over the next few months of a lot of really difficult stuff where they've actually fully compromised your passwords in your system. Right.
2: That's it. Yeah. A lot of times when it happens, you don't even really think too much of it. You're like, yeah, I I tried to log in, didn't work, whatever. You close the browser. And then a few weeks later, all hell breaks loose. Yeah, yeah, yeah
1: interesting. You mentioned like like there's email phishing. There's also uh, like there's phone phishing. So is this like when I get a, a phone and it's like like you know, attention, you are wanted by the government of Canada for a criminal lawsuit against blah, blah, blah. And if you don't do this and call, like, is that, is that, is that literally like phone fishing? Yeah,
2: that is exactly, that that is an example of phishing as well.
1: And then I also get ones via text now where it's like, uh, your Netflix account has been suspended or you've won a thousand dollar, like award with a gift card with Amazon. Mm. Click here to whatever. Those are Those look
0: super sketchy though, to begin with. I think what what we're talking about is stuff that is legit because they actually know that you get an invoice from GAF, or you get these invoices for your company account for, uh, from Verizon, or whatever, and they actually know the timing. The email looks a hundred percent right. The landing yeah. page looks a hundred percent right. The whole thing, right?
2: Yeah, but you'd be surprised. Even even the, the low end, the low scale ones, they they seem to be quite effective. People fall for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah
0: exactly. So I want to just talk uh, quite directly here to the business owner. About why we're actually talking about all of this, and why um, you know Benji, you and I talked a while back of, of having Omar on the show. Um, so we've been using Cyber uh, Cyber Unit for a couple of years now, actually a breakthrough academy and Contractor Revolution uh, to manage all of our cybersecurity and, and and IT systems. Um, I think that. Uh, it is so important that as a business owner, you're aware of what can interrupt your operations. And, and we, you you do it right now. Like we all do it. You're aware of like, if I hire this really crappy project manager, I could have major issues on job sites with our other employees. Uh, if we don't maintain our vehicles or we have like a really shitty fleet of trucks, we could actually, we could have major disruptions, right? We've We've got material issues. Like you think about all these things on a regular basis, but you don't think about the downside of what could happen In a situation like this until it happens. Mm -hmm. Right. And a couple of years ago at Breakthrough Academy, I became pretty aware of this. I was like, man, we do so much stuff to mitigate risk in the way that we recruit, in the way that we set up our SOPs so that that stuff is done procedurally. Um, There's all all this stuff that we do. But I was like, man, we've got a gaping hole in a ton of our security. Mm right? Like maybe Benji's got a a little uh, thing in his notes in his iPhone. It's just called passwords with all the passwords there, right? We're using the same password across a ton. We were across a ton of different systems. I didn't know, um, you know, we've got like 40 different staff with 40 different computers, like who's got a firewall, who doesn't, who's got virus scan, who doesn't, who's got two-factor authentication and stuff. I have no idea. And then at the same time, I thought, okay, what's the downside and what do we have? I was like, we have information on thousands of contracting companies, Mm -hmm. their owners. We have a ton of their financial data that all lives in our system. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've got their credit card information, right? So every business is a bit different, but the point is you've got a ton of valuable data. And I was like, man, this could be a total catastrophe if there's a breach, mm-hmm. which based on the passwords that I know that we were using, the lack of two-factor authentication, the lack of, 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 firewalls, any kind of email monitoring. I was like, we are overdue and ripe for something major to go down. But again, I, it's funny and it interesting. Like most people think of like the much more practical things of like, Hey, well, what if someone breaks into our yard or takes the equipment yeah, out yeah. of the vans or whatever, steal some um, copper from the site? <laughs> totally. But just because you physically, visually don't see this sitting in front of you. Cause it's like, uh, it it Zoolander? Zoolander's, I could send the computer (laughs) (laughs) just because it's like (laughs) in the thing. Um, doesn't it? it The potential disruptions are just as bad. I think,
1: think if if not worse, if not worse, yeah. If
0: you, you can't run your cruise you could have catastrophic brand credibility, like a brand credibility issue. If you suddenly email thousands of people asking for, yeah, for certain things, right? There's just so much that can go wrong. And that's where uh, my initial reach out and my search to a whole bunch of companies, which is which is how we found Cyber Unit. And I remember our first conversation a few years ago. Um, I don't know if you remember, but I sat down and I was like, "Oh, there's so much shit that can go wrong. We need to talk." I, about I all definitely this. remember that conversation. Yeah. So, anyway, I think that um, again, if this is really like, if this isn't uh, on your mind, or you're listening to some of this stuff, and you're like, "Man, uh, I actually don't really, I'm, I'm, I don't have much in the way of of protection on this." Um, it's probably time to make some moves because you could run into a situation where... Uh, this could really, really disrupt your business and or cost you a huge amount of money.
1: Yeah, And to Omar's point earlier, and I, I hate to be—I don't want to be doom and gloom. Like, just look at the projections on this and where this is headed. This is likely getting worse, not better. And so, learning how to play some good defense is
0: probably in your best interest sooner than later. Yeah, and you want to and you, and you want to deal with this and get some of this infrastructure in place before. So something really bad goes wrong. That's exactly it. You want to be proactive about this. Yeah. Uh, we, and, and sorry, I'm assuming that most people call you when there's a major issue. That right? is it, yeah.
2: So uh, it, it does happen quite a lot. Uh, a lot of companies don't think about it mm-hmm. until it's too late. And uh, you know, the reality is we get a lot of those phone calls and we, you know, sometimes we can help, we, we love to help, but other times there's it's nothing to do about it, it's yeah, too totally. late. So um, when you're reactive and when you're calling us after an attack, it can be very expensive. To put the fires out and to get you back up and running, uh, it can actually be a lot more effective, and uh, just uh, just in general, uh, it, it's it's way way better to call this before. It's just it's a lot cheaper. A it's lot, cheaper. A lot cheaper. Like it's a fraction of the cost to get to get the measures and the controls in place before an attack.
0: Yeah, th- this this is black and white simple to me. I mean, this is why like I don't think twice about like we pay a cyber unit from like a consulting perspective to to set this up. We're paying for this software. To, to be in place. It's, but to me, it, it is a total no-brainer. It's no different than why you would insure your fleet of trucks, really. The, it's almost yeah. like
2: insurance nowadays. In fact, your insurance provider will want to see. And, and if they haven't already reached out to you, they probably That's will. That's actually
0: a really interesting point. You guys helped us, uh, literally, I think in the last week. Uh, so we have like the our annual general business insurance, which is, is general liability, it's errors and omissions. <laughs> we, we've got a whole bunch of components to it. And what was interesting is this year for the very first time, we've had So many renewals. It's the same thing, you know, every, it's like end of September now. Um, In this year, there was a cyber, a mandatory cybersecurity questionnaire for them to understand what the levels of our different cybersecurity are. And that's what I think you helped us with. But again, it just goes to show what you were talking about, that uh, even insurance providers are very aware of this and and they're judging your risk (laughs) based on what you do or don't have in place.
1: Insurance companies are pretty smart. If they're asking for that in clauses of contracts and asking for questionnaires, there's got to be a reason why. There's probably
2: a reason why. They've been losing a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, because of cyber attacks is the reality. And and we're getting a lot of companies reaching out to us nowadays, sending us that, that same form that you, you guys sent us and asking us, you know, how do we fill it in? Yeah. And a lot of times uh, they, they would have maybe sent it to the insurance provider or to the broker and it comes back with a rejection letter on it, right? Yeah. So uh, yeah, definitely something to think about. Uh, and it ha- if it hasn't come up yet uh, with your insurance provider, it probably will. Yeah. So um, I'm curious if there's things that you see really
1: commonly out there in your work, especially with small business owners in particular, rather than just individuals. But uh, what do you see entrepreneurs, leaders of businesses do that just like drives you see red that makes you kind of go, oh no,
2: no, no. Like what are the huge red flags? There's a number of them. Uh, one that comes to mind right away is is Apple devices. A lot of people have that misconception that, hey, I got a Mac, it's bulletproof. Right. I don't need an antivirus. I don't need to think about security. But the reality is, hackers are aware of that misconception, and so they're actually
0: targeting Apple devices quite heavily nowadays. And just to confirm, it's completely not true, right? Like, I've I've got a I've got a MacBook Pro, I've got an iPad, I have an iPhone. Like, none of those devices are, like, they're the first furthest from bulletproof right just in themselves with the way they come out of the box is that fair to say yeah, nothing is bulletproof anymore.
1: Yeah, right. I don't know where that came from. Like it was maybe some some early days marketing of Mac that Way was back.
2: effective or something. I but I remember it's a probably kid- Probably from the 80s or 90s, yeah.
1: I remember as a kid getting my first ever
2: MacBook and sort of being like, oh yeah, it's a Mac. Like doesn't get viruses. And yeah, for some reason, it was a long time ago. I, I haven't seen it on any marketing collateral or, you know, any aspect. Yeah, like, societally, yeah. that's kind of carried yeah, on. Yeah. yeah, It's just kind of carried on. So yeah, that's, that's a big one for uh, that we're seeing nowadays. A lot of companies after an attack will come to us and, and you know, <laughs> uh, Apple, devices everywhere mm-hmm. and they're surprised that they got hacked mm-hmm. uh or you know even react uh you know proactively they'll come to us and want help and we're coming in and we're seeing that like they're all they're all apple but like little to no security yeah. whatsoever and it's just it's low hanging fruit is what it yeah. is so
1: yeah. i shouldn't let my iphone and my macbook lull me into a false sense of security these are just as vulnerable as any yeah. other machine out
2: there exactly what else Passwords. Passwords is a really big one, uh, maybe using the same password everywhere, maybe using a very, very weak password. Uh, oftentimes we actually see people writing down all their password on a notepad or even a document that they, they straight up will, will name it passwords and save it in you know, Google Drive or, or on a desktop. And the reality is is hackers are smart. And, and they, they've seen it all. And so a lot of times when they get into your system or your computer, that will be one of the first things that they'll look for. They and just and do if do you've got ser- that going on, you probably deserve to get hacked. <laughs> they, they get into your
1: system and the first thing they do is a search Corey for files named passwords. And there's the Excel spreadsheet and there they all are. Yeah. So that's a big no-no. Uh, what else? Uh,
2: Backups. Uh, We we talk to our clients a lot about backups and you really have to be ready for the worst case scenario. And a lot of people are not. A lot of people are trusting, maybe over trusting uh, third party providers, cloud, SaaS providers, uh, CRM, email, whatever it is. A lot of times, if you actually take the time to read the terms of use, they will straight up tell you that... You are responsible for your own backups. They're responsible for certain things, but there's that whole clause around shared responsibility. Have a look at it, or talk to your vendor about it. Ask them about shared responsibility. Am I responsible for my backups, or are you guys taking care of it for me? So, in those terms of
1: service, those like agreements that you you know every, we all know, you look at, and you scroll, 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 hit accept. Somewhere in that, you know, those long pages of of fine fine print that you just skipped over, it says somewhere in there we're
2: not. Backing this stuff up for you, you need to do that on your own. And I'm not talking about small vendors, I'm talking about the major Big vendors ones as well. Too. Like Google and Microsoft. They will they they are not responsible so, wh- for that. So what your you're backups. saying, like
0: so we uh, let's just say it. So I I run a landscaping company, we've got we've got um, email on like G Suite, we've got a bunch of our like all files live inside of uh, I don't know, Dropbox. You're saying that in addition to the regular like desktop to cloud sync with Dropbox, that I should run like a hard drive type backup as well on some sort of cadence. You definitely
2: want to do that. Yeah. Right. Which is which is not convenient. It can take a lot of time, but there are ways to automate that as well.
0: It's not a huge deal like I, I have an external hard drive that just plugs into into my Mac and it does like a time it does like a like a backup of a physical backup onto it.
2: Just make sure that external hard drive is encrypted as well cuz they they do tend to get lost or stolen of course. Right. So uh, you always want to make sure that that the external hard drive is encrypted
0: uh, with a password but, encryption. Exactly. Yeah. yeah.
1: Okay. Um, any, other, any other
2: huge red flags? Yeah. So with passwords, we also like to talk about multi-factor authentication or, or a second layer of, of authentication, essentially. What that means, if you haven't heard of two-factor authentication, uh, you probably should be using it right about now. Uh, you put in your email and password, for example, to log into uh, your 365, your email system or your CRM. After that, to make sure that you are really, in fact, who you say you are. You need to be able to prove that. What they do is they'll send you a six-digit code or your phone will generate a one-time six-digit code that you have to feed into the system to prove that you are who we say you are uh, because it's quite easy. Like we talked about phishing, it's quite easy to get a hold of your password. Sometimes you can even guess it. Right. And so uh, two-factor or multi-factor authentication is an absolute must for all of your systems. Uh, think about your banking, think about email, CRM, anywhere where there's critical data or sensitive data about your operations or your clients, you want to have two factor authentication, but ideally everywhere. Mm,
1: mm-hmm. um, we, we got that set up uh, a little while ago and I remember kind of groaning and, and being like, Oh, this is really difficult. And I have to remember all this stuff, but I think we'll talk about this in a minute. Like there are just some really, really good tools that will help you have very, very complex and unique passwords stored. Uh, you don't have to remember it. You don't end up like me, where like, oh my god, I've forgotten my password for you know I banking to get in. I can't tell you how many times I've been late on a cell phone bill because I've forgotten a password and then just been too like embarrassed that I forgot the password to get back in. So we'll get to the tools in a second, but there's some really great solutions out there to help you store all this stuff. You don't need to remember this stuff off the top of your head, and it certainly doesn't need to go in a file named. Passwords. Um, what can you say about antiviruses and the role that they play or don't play? Uh, it's been a long time since I did any reading on this. Like, are, are, these, are these
2: effective? Should we be looking at them? Is that, is that a part of the playbook? Yeah, so definitely. Antivirus solutions is something that you have to be thinking about. Ideally, you have that in place from the moment you deploy a computer or a server. Uh, but you have to also make sure that you have the right type. Of an antivirus solution, so there is the whole conversation around kind of the traditional type of antivirus solution versus uh, next-generation antivirus solutions. Which is really, if you're using an antivirus solution, I don't want to name any names specifically, but you know, some of the free ones out there, some of the more common ones that we've grown to uh, to know and like over the years, they are essentially almost they're basically ineffective against some of the, the, ty- the type of malware that's coming down the pipeline nowadays. Uh, a lot of times too, what hackers will do is they'll straight up, if they want to you know, infect your computer with ransomware, for example, what they could do also is they, they could literally open up your antivirus solution and they have ways to automate off. that and
0: just turn it off. Yeah. And if you can turn off an antivirus solution, it's essentially useless. What good right. is it doing? So Omar, let me ask you this. So if I'm listening to this I'm driving my truck and I run a contracting business. I've got a whole bunch of employees. Uh, we've got a ton of customers. We've got leads. Uh, we've got money going in and out. And I'm listening to this and saying, well, I don't really have any good systems across my staff to be monitoring their computers, their mobile devices with like antivirus, the firewall stuff. We don't have any kind of password controller, uh, no to no multi-factor authentication, um, all this kind of stuff. Uh, I'm listening to this and I'm like, man, you know, I might need to be a bit more kind of aware of this. What should a business owner do here? Like, what are, can you take us through a bit of like a cybersecurity, like starter pack? Like where, where should they even begin?
2: Okay, so we talked about passwords, right? So um, this is an exercise that I like to do with with, with clients and companies. So um, you know, think about what kind of passwords you're using. Are, th- are they more or less the same across the board? A lot of times, they would be, and and they might be even fairly weak passwords to the point where if I saw one password, I could probably I could log into a ton of figure stuff. out the rest of your passwords yeah. and and work my way through your system and completely take you down. So th- th- the reality that we live in nowadays is you have to have unique passwords and complex passwords across the board. So every password needs to be unique
1: like how many fa- how many di- how many symbols
2: do you, would you say is a minimum like characters I, 16, I, yeah. I usually recommend at least 12 at least 12 yeah and yeah. a combination of everything right uh, you know lowercase uppercase alphanumeric everything numbers yeah. uh, symbols, yeah. symbols. but you
0: exactly. are not just to be clear you're not writing each one of these super complex, like password, crazy characters down. Like there's software to do right, yeah. this. Right. Yes. So that, that's
2: what I was going to get into. So uh, there are there are solutions out there, uh, essentially password management solutions that allow you to uh, to be able to keep track of all those passwords in a secure way, and they also make your passwords more accessible. So a lot of times you'll have that you know piece of paper underneath your keyboard that has all your passwords. Get rid of that. Use a password management solution, and use the right type of password management solution yeah. that will improve your security but also your productivity because all of a sudden you find that you have your passwords available to you on your phone and and if you need to go on somebody else's computer there are ways that you can get a hold of those passwords securely of course and you know there are different types of password management solutions out there there are some free ones as well i do not recommend to use any of the free ones uh the two that we typically recommend one being LastPass. And the other one is 1Password. One and there are a few other ones that are really good as well. Uh, but yeah, definitely avoid the free ones. Yeah. I really like LastPass. We,
1: we, I, I'm, I'm a big fan. I've heard a few people kind of like, like oh, this is complicated. It's really, really good for, uh, like I said, just like not being stuck on a login page and feeling like an idiot. It's also really good for team collaboration, for a business in particular. Yeah. You may have a couple different like, people on the marketing team, for example, that need to get into Canva or people on the operations team need to get into something these, else. So these, you'd these have, you have the ability to yeah. very safely share complex yeah. passwords between team mm. members, but then no one else. So I'm actually, I'm. it's not just like protecting yourself. There's actually some utility, some competitive advantage that I've noticed by having uh, LastPass in particular for us. Yeah, yeah it's a good point like it,
2: it does make you more productive you are totally. able to share passwords across specific teams in your organization and what we've seen in the past quite often as well is that uh, there usually is that one, pr- one, one person in your company that that will n- have the like the access to like administrative access to uh, you know your email system or your banking details and and what you have to think about is what happens if that person gets hit by a bus or <laughs> if they have to leave you for whatever reason mm-hmm. right yeah. so with, with the, the right solution in place there are ways so you can get up and
0: running and, and you know really what do you control down it? Like you have a master company account and then you, and then each staff member has an account, but you can shut them off or you can pull the passwords from it, right?
2: Yeah. yeah but but don't get me wrong i mean it's not all rainbows and butterflies so you have to make sure that you deploy it in the proper way because if somebody gets into your password management system they essentially have the keys to the castle so you really have to make sure again it comes back it comes back to two factor authentication like you have to have two factor authentication on that's all the second th- thing though this is different now This related but different right yeah but yeah. I would recommend definitely do not deploy a password management system without a really strong password to get into that system as well as two factor authentication on top of that
0: just both to make, of those things yeah. you have to both, both of those yeah. things yeah. okay let me just talk about this for a second from a business owner's perspective it would be ludicrous for you in my opinion We're talking about using free, like not using this or using cheap ones or free ones. It's ludicrous to do that. You're trying basically, you're saying, like, well, I don't want to go through either the pain of the butt of the implementation or the moaning from my staff, or I don't want to pay the, what what is our last pass, like $8 per user per month? Maybe I don't know. know. It's something like that. It's nominal. In the grand scheme of your PL, it's essentially zero. Um, I know what you're talking about, you're like, well, wow, this is, could be a bit of a pain in the butt to use. We've had that from a lot of our staff when we implemented it. And I will tell you, it is sometimes inconvenient. So yesterday I'm on a flight, I'm trying to log in and I use it for for everything. I'm logging in, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, booking an RV, right? For this coming weekend to like a trailer to pull behind my truck for this concert. And I'm trying to log into this thing I'm on the internet in the plane and it's trying to do a two factor authentication through LastPass, but I don't have the, you know, reception on the phone. So I couldn't get in. So yeah, maybe that's a bit inconvenient or this morning I'm at the dentist and I needed to pull up the, you know, insurance card and I, it took me an extra two minutes cause I had to log into LastPass on my phone, two factor authentication. So yes, I understand there's one or two roadblocks. However, you cannot let this little bit of inconvenience block your viewpoint on what is important for your business. And what's at stake. Your business and what's at stake. Uh, and and what the right decision is for you to make as a business owner as uh, you navigate some of these. So don't worry about the slight inconvenience of two-factor authentication or having to use a password manager or your staff complaining because it takes them an extra 90 seconds to log into stuff once a day or whatever. That is minuscule compared to the downside risk of not having that.
1: Um, I have a question about multi-factor, and then we should move on. Uh, are there... like? Are some better than others? So you can you can set it up so that you actually use an authenticator app like Google Authenticator. Another version is if you're you know, if you're getting into Apple, uh, an Apple login sometimes, and you you set up on iCloud, it will be like let us send a code to this other device. That's a version of it. The other one I've seen is a uh, t- text message. We will text the phone on file a code, and then you'll input it here.
2: Is one of those safer or less safe than the others? Yeah, that's a great question, Benji. So actually, uh, the SMS authentication or, or uh, the SMS option that you mentioned, the text message is probably the least don't secure one. Don't recommend I one. don't recommend that at all. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of times, even with banking, I find uh, it's kind of strange, but a lot of times, you'll find that's the only option you have, so it's definitely better than nothing, right? right. But there are ways to bypass that. So if, if an attacker is really coming after you and they want to get in, Can they, they intercept will, tech, text messages? There are ways to intercept it. Uh, right. It's called SIM hijacking. <laughs> Uh, there are ways to do. It. We've seen it happen. Uh, it's not hard. Anybody. The reality is really anybody could walk into uh, to Rogers or you know one of those carriers uh, kiosks and you know pretend to be you and and essentially you know pay some money and and the guy behind the counter will hand over a new SIM card and and that's what SIM hijacking is and it, it is quite common. Uh, so for that reason, they'd we,
1: have to be really motivated,
0: but yeah, it, it is, yeah, it, is exactly, possible. Yeah. So it is possible. anyway, a cybersecurity starter pack. Let's get back to the question. Like, I'm listening to this, I don't have much of this in place. What do I need to be aware of in my cybersecurity startup apps? We talked about like a unique passwords, i.e. an actual password manager software tool. We talked about multi-factor authentication. What would be one or two others?
2: So updates, that's something that you can do on your own. Just like talking software. Yeah, so keep yeah. your devices up to date. So not just software, but also hardware, like, like your, your wireless router at home or at the office. You got to make sure that thing is up to date, your printers. Whenever you see a pop-up that says update, for example, for software for Zoom, a lot of yeah. us are busy and you know you need to get on that next call but it goes a long way if you're keeping your devices up to date it and your software like 20 up to date seconds. it does yeah but you know we're all busy i get it but yeah. there are ways to automate that too and you know whenever you have an option to like automatically do updates definitely go for that option but yeah definitely uh, keep your devices keep your hardware and software operating systems everything up to date,
0: yeah, and and that's because just to confirm, that is because the actual software provider is releasing security updates as they find holes in it. I'm assuming, right? Like so when Apple's like, you need to upgrade to iOS 12.6 instead of 12.5. They've they may have found like a security breach or hole in 12.5.
2: A lot of times, that's exactly right. Yeah, a lot of times, somebody else even found it for them and and notified them about it. And by the time they release that patch or the update, it's already it's already been what we call exploited in the wild. So hackers are already targeting that type of router that you have at home. And so by the time that update is out, you need to you need to make sure you that you get on it app. as soon that, as possible. It happened two weeks ago for
1: for uh, all, all Mac all Mac devices. We needed to do an update for that exact yeah, reason. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah it happened. It happens almost on a on a monthly basis. Yeah. Google Chrome as well is a big one. We've seen that a number of times this year alone. Uh, you you would have seen that update option on the top right corner. Whenever you see that, please just take a moment and update it. Yeah. It just takes a second.
1: One other thing that I'm wondering about, and just still in the Starter Pack thing, is uh, with with so much of our tech stack being in the cloud. Now we use we would use QuickBooks or some other accounting software. We would have a CRM. We may have a project management tool. We may have, uh, we, may, we may use plugins to that CRM for different sort of functionalities that we desire. There's so much stuff that we're kind of doing out there, up there. What would be, how can we tell, how can we make sure that these tools who we're entrusting our precious data and therefore the operation of our business with, how can we make sure they're legit and they're
2: following protocols and they're up to snuff? Yeah, so there's a number of kind of key red flags that you can look for. Uh, One of them I'll say is, you know, a lot of times people will go for the free stuff and nothing's free. You know, they they have to make money somehow. Nobody's going to give you a free software, a free plugin. So if it's free, you know, if you're not paying for the product, you essentially are the product. Interesting. Right. So you have to be thinking about that. It. it might be mining your data. Your data might be used for marketing purposes, or or even more horrible things that you might not be aware of. So I wouldn't recommend to avoid free stuff altogether for your business. Uh, one other thing that you can look for as a red flag is uh, just your option for multi-factor authentication. If you don't see that option there, that usually is a giveaway that they don't have your security right. top of mind. Right. And that's mm-hmm. a big one. Another thing is just do your research. You know, don't rush into it. Do your research and 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 Google. The name of the company. Uh, add to the search "security incident" or "breach" and see what comes up. And another thing you could do is also go to the footer of the website and look what t- look for privacy policy, look for security. Just make sure you're you, you really are trusting uh, your data with the right provider, yeah. your right vendor. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Overarchingly, I think, you know, if if you're serious in the game of business, right, and and you are a career businessman or businesswoman, uh, there's like real basics. You got to, you know, you probably know, you know, a lot about like the technicalities of your business, but you also got to know how to, Get an office lease. You need to know how to set up basic business insurance. This is just another one of these things. Like, like you have a duty to know a little bit, just some real basics on on cybersecurity. And 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 if you're not, I think that you're exposing yourself to risk. Or if you're trying to save a couple thousand bucks on a multi million dollar PL, it's like not worth it. Um, but the core point is, you don't need to be a cybersecurity professional monitoring the dark web, which you, I don't even know what that means, but no, <laughs> sounds pretty serious. Um, what, what I think is way smarter to do, which is what I did and what we do, which is just reach out to a guy like Omer. So if a business owner is listening to this and they're like, I probably have more holes than is good in my in my setup, um, how can people get a hold of you and, and get a hold of CyberUnit?
2: Yeah, please. I, I, especially rea- proactively. I always enjoy having those conversations. If I, If I can't help you, for the very least, let's have a conversation. I can maybe point you in the right direction. But if you want to have a conversation or maybe a review of what you currently have in place. You might even, you might even already have a provider, but maybe you want a second opinion. Yeah. I'm more than happy to chat. So our website, cyberunit.com, you can find us there. Uh, book, book a meeting with us. We'd love to talk to you. Uh, we're all over social media as well. Just look for Cyber Unit. And yeah, if, uh, if you want to have a chat, we'd be more than happy
1: to talk. Go talk to Omar if you're sitting in the truck kind of going, oh shit that's probably a really, really good place to start. He's a friend of ours. He's a friend of the show and uh, obviously just chock full of wisdom. So thanks for being here, man. We really appreciate it. Thanks. Pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for watching this episode of Contractor Evolution. If you've already subscribed to our channel, consider sharing this episode with another contractor who you think needs to hear it.